Did you know that there is a talent agent for production people? I had no idea, but we're going to learn all about it today here on On The Fly Filmmaking. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Hey everyone, I'm Mary Lou Mandel, and thank you again for joining us on On The Fly Filmmaking. Today, we are talking with Maureen Toth about being a talent agent for production. Welcome, Maureen. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Mary Lou. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Tell everyone where they can find you on the internet. Okay, so our company is Eastern Talent, the Eastern Talent Agency, and it's easterntalent.net. And that's the quickest, fastest way, I would say. All right. <laughs> but we're located in Hollywood on Vine Street. And, uh, yeah. And we we also have a, a branch in Brooklyn. Nice. And, um, and that's where we are. Awesome. Do you have a personal social media presence that you promote, or you're just like, this is my people? Um, well, you mean in terms of, I, I do music, and so okay. MaureenToth.com is where my music lives. Right on. Oh, but, we should have opened with one of your songs. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> well, we might you're, close with one of you're them. You're very kind. <laughs> um, but I will say that um, for agency stuff and all of our clients in, in film and television, it's EasternTalent.net. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Awesome. So tell me, Maureen, about... Being an agent for production people, how did you get to that point? How did you get to having Eastern Talent Agency? Well, I, I came to L.A. in, I believe, just around the year 2000. And I started working. Uh, a friend of mine had knew a good friend of his who had an agency. And she we met and she said, oh, you know, I think you have a really good personality for this type of work. Are you interested? And I said, well, let me come and see what you do. Before I, I say yes, because I've, I don't really know. I know a little bit about entertainment, but I don't know exactly what you guys do. So I sat and watched her work. I watched how the company functioned. And ultimately, I thought, this is a pretty interesting job. Like the, She represents these really important people on film and television, uh, sets the crew, the department heads, and makes their life easier by helping to find them work, helping to negotiate contracts for them and, you know, giving them advice on how to proceed if they have choices, etc. And I thought that was really unique and interesting. And the people that she represented were really cool down to earth artists, which I was loving. Yes. So, uh, that's how it all began. And then a friend of mine also started working, I started working for her, a friend of mine started working for her, and eventually she went to leave the business, and we bought the company from her, and that's how the company was born. Oh, that's amazing. And yeah. then I see we have a photo pulled up. These are some of your other team? That's right. So Scott Benson, and uh, he's the gentleman in the photo. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then Jen Caprio, and I'm in the center. Right on. And the, the, we're the three principal agents of the company. And so we run it, to, we all, we I run it, but we all work together closely. And we have been working together for a long time so it makes all of the work more fun easier we get each other we know our strengths we know our weaknesses we help each other out so to speak and uh, we represent everybody collectively so it's sort of a team effort you Mm -hmm. know so yeah. your team is representing the team of artists that you guys represent. Exactly. And I had read in another interview that you had done that like this is different than like versus a star representing a star actor. Like you're representing artists that want to just do the best work yeah. possible. I think, I mean, representation is similar in some ways, but I think there are also differences. And we feel that the group of people we represent, which is primarily your department heads for, for film and television, narrative film and television. Mm-hmm. Um, DPs, production designers, editors, costume designers are the primary ones. They are artists who really do just want to do great projects and good work. Yes. And 
self-promotion is fun and it's good and it and you know showing your work is a great thing but it's also about the work and being grounded about that and kind of trying to move forward and continue to do good stuff right and that's what we help them try to do Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it helps because in production, I guess in, in any of the like Hollywood entertainment jobs, it's a hustle. Yes. And to have somebody in your corner to help you continue to move your work forward and, and grow your career, that's just always helpful. Absolutely. And it's a hustle not just because it's for a very specific reason, which is that there are a lot of people who want to do it. Mm-hmm. And they want to do it because it's artistic. It's expression. It's personal. You know, this is often these are people's passions that they are, they have found a way to make a living at. And what a cool thing that is, you know? So I think that's really a challenging, can be a challenging and hard thing to do. So to have somebody in your corner to help find work or facilitate or promote or, you know, whatever it is that the agent's doing at that point in time, I think it's, it can be really critical and it can be really cool when you're helping somebody achieve that thing that they love to do, you know? Yeah. And you get to grow them. Uh, who was like one of your, your first clients? Oh, gosh, first clients. Well, when we took the company over, we had a body of clients, a lot of whom are still with us. Uh, but I have one that comes to mind right now is an editor of ours who's just finishing up this. I, I can't, gosh, I don't even know which number of film it is with Alexander Payne. He's an editor who's done all of Alexander Payne's films, mm-hmm. and they're coming out with a film called Downsizing, and it's super exciting. It's going to uh, premiere at Venice in September, and uh, and he has he's a client that I've had since I began, and his name is Kevin Tent, and he's lovely and amazing, and he also just directed a film, and uh, it's been amazing to watch him grow as an artist amongst many, many others that, mm-hmm. you know, we, we represent in all different categories. Yeah. Like, it's got to be so exciting because, like, another another Hollywood job that I've had, I worked as an intern at a talent agent when I, agency, like a boutique talent agency when yep. I first moved to L.A. And I just remember, like, making the calls, like, you you got the job. And I like, know. So that's the exciting. best part. Yeah, that's the best it's part. It's so exciting because, you know, they it, it's so hard when you don't get the job, but, yeah. like, that they have somebody in their corner to celebrate with them is wonderful. That gets it and also feels that's a celebration for themselves. Absolutely. It, it is. It's just, you know, I, I mentioned or we were, we were talking about the fact that I do a little music on the side. And um, I find it really funny and interesting that it's hard for me to help. It's hard for me to promote myself. Mm-hmm. I need help doing that, you know. And so I know that artists who are doing their art often... They do their art well, but self-promotion is a whole different set of things. And even if you are good at helping to uh, market or guide or promote a client to other people, it's still difficult to do it for yourself. Yes. And I think that's just sort of, some people are better at it than others, Mm -hmm. but I think generally speaking, it's always great to have other folks saying, oh yeah, did you think about saying this? Or remember to show them that? Or, you know, hey, I want to highlight these amazing strengths this person has. Just so much easier for somebody else to say that. Right, totally. Than it is for the individual to say it. And sometimes they have to, but no one loves that, yeah. I don't think. You it know. takes a little bit of training, and even like artists, it's just artists aren't built that way. They're yeah. like, but like, here's the thing I made. Like, right. <laughs> I made this thing. Don't me? look at me. My art. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. over there. Like even, so last night, after I had left, I went to meet with somebody for dinner, and they were chatting with somebody, and they're like, oh, would you just come from, like, are you going out, or you just come from somewhere? I was like, oh, I came from work, and I was like, didn't want to, like, say 
what I just came from. They, right. they said I looked like a real estate agent. <laughs> right. right? But, but then, like, you know, the person I was with was like, oh, she, like, does this show about production. She's a host. She was on camera. I'm like, yeah, I guess. You know, but, like, I, I talk all the time. Right. But in that scenario, I was like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I do yeah. a thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally get that instinct. I think it's just, it's, it's a little bit of human nature. And, again, some people are better at it than others, but I feel like the help is really... It's appreciated, and if you can be in their world really getting what they do, that, I think, helps a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it helps them kind of get clear and move forward and remember, especially if things are a little bit quiet, what that this is, you know, it's just a dip in the road, and you keep going, and you keep looking, and it, it's really, it's, it's good. Yes. So uh, I want to get a little bit into, like, if somebody out there is actually interested in becoming an agent. Okay. You know, versus a production person. So, like, if they want to do something like what you do, yeah. what kind of process is that? Well, that's, that's interesting because I think the first thing for them to decide would be, is it a big agency environment or a small agency environment? And I say that because they're really different uh, from what I understand. Now, I've never really worked for a big agency, but I think we've all sort of seen big agencies on in film and television like portrayed. And I don't think it's, it's that dissimilar in the sense that it's really, it can be very competitive. It can be very corporate. It can be um, really frenetic, very long hours. Like those are all elements of, mm -hmm. I think, what can happen in a larger agency. And for some people, that is a perfect fit. For others, I feel like a smaller, a little bit lower key environment where you're really sort of serving a smaller group of clients and a, a little bit of a saner, uh, they're both service-based, but more personal service-based uh, entity might be more appealing. So I would say the first thing is make a decision on what feels mm -hmm. like it's more. So, so what I would say is maybe even get informational interviews under your belt from t the two different types of places. Yes. And then once you get a sense of what jazzes you, then I would say try to go in and, and intern. Mm -hmm. Because everybody loves an intern, you know, yeah. like they're there to learn, to absorb and to do some work. But it's really about them understanding how the job is and yes. what the environment's like, etc. And so if you intern at one and you don't like it, try the other. If that doesn't work, maybe it's not for you. But if you find a space and you're like, wow, this is really cool. I want to pursue this. Then I think if you've interned and you get that then start applying to for jobs that, depending on where you are, but um, let's assume that you're starting from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Then apply for entry-level positions and see if there's a place that's looking. Right. And, you know, yeah. Awesome. That's what I would say is, is a good route to take. Great. So then uh, now explain to me, uh, I know you guys, you say it's below the line that yes. you guys represent. So explain to me the difference between above the line, below the line. What is What are those terms? Yes, got it. So below the line is a term that basically if you're looking at a production uh, budget, they have two different areas that are budgeted out that all the monies are routed to. And the above the line costs tend to be about not the actual production, but the more creative they're all creative, I shouldn't say that, but the more pre-creative thing to production. So the writers, um, the director who's going to direct but also has to prep all of that. Um, then the actors who, again, are going to prepare to do their thing, they're all considered above the line. Below the line are the production, the production costs, and that includes director of photography, production designer, costumes, the post-production, which is all the editors and editorial processes that go mm -hmm. into it. So that's how they differentiate. It's, it's, they're all creative, but 
um, once you get into production, it's a whole new set of people mm-hmm. that enter into the picture, and they are and the people people who were there beforehand are the above the line people. Right. So you've got the, the people that are, are kind of part of it. The the concept. Yes. The concept creation. Yes, exactly. Even, you know, even like the actors are even part of concept creation. Yeah, because creation. they need to know who it is that we're mm-hmm. casting. What do they do? Yes, that person fits. Like that's all, right, preemptive yes. to production. And then when you get into production, these are the people that are going to execute the concept. Exactly, exactly. And those people require tons of other people. As mm-hmm. anyone knows, if you look at the running credits of a film yes. or a television show, but, you know, a film is a good example because they can run for like, you're like, this is 10 minutes worth of business. Yes, What's going on? Who are these people, right? So that's a ton, under every department head, there's a slew of folks that make that department function. Yes. So, you know, 50 people who work under the director of photography to achieve the effect of lighting on a film. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just goes down from there. And then there are sub-departments. There are even depart- there are departments that we don't represent, but they also have staff. Mm-hmm. And it just goes on and on. So Yeah, and yeah. that's something that I, I always recommend to people who want to get into production or they just want to know what is what goes into making a movie sit through the credits sit through the credits <laughs> exactly. and just just kind of observe and observe what you see over and over again because I'm definitely that friend that at the end of the movie everyone's like okay let's go I was like alright I'll see you at the yeah, next yeah. place <laughs> me too, me too. I'm to like see. I gotta look and see who did what yeah yeah you because need your to, world you you I, I feel like I have to honor those people because we didn't see their face, but like we can at least see their name. Right. Even if I don't read everyone, I'm like, I was here for you. Yeah, exactly. Because you know? I know there was so much work that went into Yeah, this. absolutely. And at every level, you know, these are sort of, a, we like to say the unsung heroes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they get attention for mm-hmm. what they do, and that's great when it happens. But more often than not, it's the actors, the director, and mm-hmm. writers who are, you know, more, f- the focus is on them when they're, when they're talking about a project. Right. Um, you know, depending upon what aspect of the project they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, which is what we like. Uh, we wanted to come up with this show, Marissa, Serafina, and I, because like, we wanted to talk to the other people yes. in entertainment. Absolutely. You know, all the production people. And it seemed like people are really into it, so I'm glad you're here. Yeah, no, we'll I love it. to all of your people. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I mean, there are such vital components of this amazing machine that creates film and television. Mm-hmm. And you really, when you see all of the people that are involved, you think... How does this ever get made? How, how how does it? How do you organize this many people and get them to do something creative Very collectively? Carefully. It is. It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. And you know, as, agenting so many people and watching their experience in production. Some projects are a walk in the park. Some projects are a disaster. And then there's a ton of in between, right? Which is just about managing the things that are, occur on a regular basis with all those people. And all those different departments trying to be creative and coming together and, mm-hmm. and making this piece of art. Right. Yeah. And then when it comes out on the other end. No one sees any of that. Just, <laughs> right. It's just there. Right. It's wow. like, oh, look at that. It's, it's like, because you don't want them to see your underwear. No, you right. Know? Like, they can't. That's right. You want to see the finished product. Right. So it's good. It's good when you can't tell. Right. Right. And, yeah. And I would say generally speaking most of the time, but, you know, as a production insider, you get the stories and you hear the things and you're like, oh, I heard about that project and I heard it was challenging yes. or vice versa. That that project is you know, everybody wants to work on that show because like a family and you, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you hear all of it and you know what it takes to have everybody do their piece. It's not easy. Not easy. Yeah. But this, all the joy that comes of it. Because you, you hear about production folks that will work until they die because they love it. Yeah. You know, they don't like, they just don't retire ever. No, yeah, because it's what they do. It's really, you know, what they do is who they are, I guess mm-hmm. is the best way to say that. And um, it's really sort of an extension of themselves when... You know, 
whether it's artistic, most of it is artistic to some degree. A lot of it is, uh, I think you have to be super diplomatic and mm-hmm. you're dealing with people at all times. All of those things play a part. But I feel like in production, people are often in production because something drew them to it that they were really excited about. Mm-hmm. And whether they're doing that exact thing or something that's, you know, slightly... Uh, not askew, but, but slightly like next to, to it, or yeah. Jason, mm-hmm. or what? It's something has drawn them to it that they love, and they're trying to do that thing, or being a piece of the process, right? And it becomes, you know, oftentimes I think something they really love, right? Because it the, it found you, yeah, the yeah, the job that you want found you. So speaking of that, how do you match up your clients with jobs? Well, the first thing we do when a project is, first of all, we find projects that are looking for people because mm-hmm. you can track projects for years and they never need our folks. You know, you're like, when is this thing going into production? And they're any day now, call us in a week, call us in a week. And yeah. we can do that for a long time. But so the first thing, first order of business is a project that's greenlit and needs folks, mm-hmm. right? So we've, we call, we call them until that time, figure out what the timing is. They need folks. Great. So in what departments do you need? And what kind of credits are you looking for? Like, oh, this is a comedy and it's a film and we need these two categories and they need to be local to New York or they need to be, um, we need somebody who knows how to, who's whatever. Like they'll give me specific directives sometimes, sometimes not, it's a little bit vaguer, but they'll tell me kind of as close as they can what they're looking for. And then we look at our roster and we say, okay, who's available? Mm -hmm. And then who fits with what they're saying? And who, if they don't exactly fit, who would enjoy this experience and grow and and be, it would be a growth experience for them Mm -hmm. in their career. And then we send those people over and hopefully they, and sometimes it's, if we can, it's with positive information that helps them to consider our folks. And then they call us hopefully and say, hey, we really liked X person that you sent. Can we set a meeting? Mm -hmm. Then we facilitate the meeting. They take the meeting. We follow up. They say, we love that person. We want to hire them. I wish they said that every time. Yes. Um, But they say that. And then we say, great, let's let's begin negotiating. Gotcha. And so that's sort of how the process goes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's it's really, the bulk of our work is tracking the projects so that we know which ones are going and then trying to fit the right folks in and then following up and then hopefully hopefully closing deals if we're if we're lucky. Right. Yeah. And I, I like the like the idea of like you guys negotiating, having somebody negotiate for you because I know that these creatives are just not good at that. Yeah, most of the time no. And the yeah. re- it's the same thing as we said before, which is if you're good at your art and your art is here, your art is not the art of the well, the, the, I would say the art of the deal. Your art is not about negotiating. Your art is something else. So l- Learning how to negotiate is another skill. Some people have it, and mm-hmm. they're sort of addictionally good at it. Most folks would rather have somebody else do it, and it makes right. sense that they would. Um, yeah, it's just another element of things that it's like, that's really nice when somebody else can take that off your plate, and you can... And they have input the whole way, but mm-hmm. we do the bulk of the heavy lifting when it comes to negotiating, and we like that part. Right, and yeah. they have somebody that can advise on business aspects of it, because like artists don't always have the business side on them also. Right. You know, and just from experience, like they like just haven't experienced that enough yet, so... It's good that you like to see that there's there's people out there representing our folks. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it, there are a lot of elements that go into okay. Should sh- first of all, if you get an offer, should you take it? it? What else is on the table? What else is going on? Well, let's talk that through and decide. Does it make sense? Does it not? Whatever. Then it's 
terms? What can you likely expect versus what you want? And is that a deal breaker or not? Those things are important to note. Mm -hmm. And then how hard do you push if there's something you really want? Are you willing to sort of risk not doing the job? Or do you really want the job, but you want a really good deal if you can get it? Like, those are all questions that go into that piece of things. And it's nice to have someone in the trenches with you mm-hmm. when you are trying to figure it out. Right. <laughs> you know? And then I, I, I would even imagine while negotiations for the next job is happening, they're still on a job. No, absolutely. And they, they have to focus and on the work. And they're busy. Yeah. yeah. And then you know from production, yeah. like, these folks are not just busy. They are busy. Yes. They are like, you can, You know, getting somebody on the phone when they're in production is challenging. <laughs> yeah. You know, they can sometimes, like, sneak a little, oh, oh mm-hmm. I have a text from my agent. I have to answer. Let me, yeah. excuse like, me. I have to go to the bathroom. Right. But it is like. <laughs> you know they are consumed and that's the nature of this business mm-hmm. so that really is a piece of the puzzle in terms of good representation is valuable because if you're lucky enough to continue to work relatively frequently you just don't have the bandwidth yeah. you know you have to focus on your job and you're only going to get better newer jobs if you're doing the best work you can which mm-hmm. is something that takes all your attention yes yeah oh my gosh okay so Eastern Talent Agency represents editors, costume designers, directors of photography, production designers, first ADs, makeup, marine second unit composers. Is that three different things or just one? No, that's a good question. <laughs> we just have a few people in those last categories. Gotcha. So they're smaller one, categories. One page on the website. Yes, that's yeah. right. So of these, are there any that are like particularly challenging? Um, well, I wouldn't say categorically um Categorically, necessarily, there are elements of each category that can be challenging because of something about the category. Like, for instance, first ADs, we were talking about a lot of people didn't even know first ADs have agents. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people, a lot of first ADs don't. But there are a number of first ADs that do. And so the first thing that you have to get over with first ADs is, oh, you have an agent? Oh, I guess I can call your agent. (laughs) You know, like some people aren't used to it. So that's an element of that category that can be challenging. Um, With editors, their jobs can be really long. So you have to figure you figure out a different, uh, or you're looking at it slightly differently because if, if it's a six-month job to a year job versus a job that is two or three months long, like mm-hmm. just the production period, now you're figuring in all different kinds of factors. Right. Like, does this make sense? Is the location okay? Can you afford to take this job and be out of the out of circulation for that long? You know, what does it look like on the other end when, when you're finished? Like, those are things that are sort of inherently an editor issue, right? So those are some of the things that each category has its challenges because of the type of category mm-hmm. it is. Okay. Um, yeah, if that answers the question. Um, yeah. yeah. So they, they all have their challenges based on the production schedules and... Yeah, different elements that are sort of unique to that category. Like for costume designers, for mm-hmm. instance, that's the one category that I find that producers often feel um, they... If they're going to weigh in on a category heavily, it's often that one because it's related to the look of the show in a way that they feel they understand because everybody gets dressed, everybody chooses fashion, everybody has very specific ideas. And so that one can be one that they have really specific notions about what things look like. And that costume designer has to go in and understand that that may or may not be what's going on. Producer-wise, you have to like take into consideration what everyone's thinking. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that aspect of it? Is it, is it really important that you're checking in all the time or not? Like those, that's an element of costume design that happens more with costume 
than let's say DP, for instance, because I don't think people, though they know what they want, want it to look like, they couldn't possibly tell you how to achieve it unless right. they're a director of photography, right? Maybe the directors, there are directors who have been that before and they can weigh in. But unless they know the process of being a director of photography, they're not going to go, oh, well, I think you should use that filter. And they're not going to know that. You're right. So that's how those two things are unique. So, yeah, that gives you a little bit of an example of different inherent challenges at different stages. You know, mm-hmm. some are at the negotiating stage, some are at the stage where the person is actually on the job, etc. Okay, and then where do you think uh, of, of those different departments and those different positions, is it appropriate for someone to seek representation? Um, you mean at what stage? Or... Uh, in their careers. Like, so, like, oh, yeah. if somebody who's just starting, they, yes. it, it, they're not ready. Yes, yes. That's, that's actually a really great question because I think for listeners who are thinking, oh, my category does have agents generally. When is a good time? And I think the way to really know that is do you, do you have credits that if somebody doesn't know you and they just look at your resume – are they likely to say, oh, yeah, you know, some of these things are either somewhat recognizable or highly recognizable, uh, or I know what this look is, I remember that show. Are they likely to look at your resume and potentially bring you in even if they don't know you? Gotcha. And, And that's kind of, and the reason why I think that's important is because, you know, often when they, when you enter at sort of a, when you enter the field, you're, you're, you're using your connections the whole time. You're, you know, friends are saying, oh, this person is an amazing ex. Mm-hmm. They do this really well. I'm going to refer you to this. Per-. It's yeah. all about networking and connections and so-and-so knows so-and-so and they told somebody about you. And yeah. that's, I know a guy. Right, and that's fantastic because that's how it begins. I mean, mm-hmm. school may be where it begins, actually. But then, you know, as you kind of start to amass credits, it's usually word of mouth and people who know your work. And, but there is a point in time where it becomes like, wow, this is, you've got enough work here that would make it obvious for someone who doesn't know you to potentially look at your body of work, look at whatever, you know, either your reel or your, your uh, stills or your whatever materials that you have, your website, and say, let's bring this person in and meet them. Mm-hmm. And I think at the point where you feel that there is some marketing power sort of inherent in the resume, that's a great time to get an agent. Yes. You could do it prior, but you have to then recognize that you may generate a lot of the work yourself and then you're paying an agent for the work you're generating. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to do that preemptively or you know that, well, that may be the case for a while and you just want to establish a relationship and let that be the case and they can circulate the resume, but as long as you go into it knowing that. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I think you want to give the agent something to work with so that they have the opportunity to s- serve you in a, in a larger arena than just than the arena of the people who know you. Mm-hmm. If that make, does that make yeah. sense? No, it definitely yeah. makes sense. Like you need to come to the table with something to promote and something to sell. Exactly. At that point. And, it, it, and until then, there's lots of things that you can be doing to build right. your career. So tell me of your clients, some of the projects that people might recognize. Well, let's see. So we had a fantastic client on Breaking Bad who started out as the director of photography on that and then went on to direct himself because the show was so popular and amazing. Mm-hmm. His name is Michael Slovis, and he's fantastic. Um, I mentioned Kevin Tent. We have, um, let's see, uh, Gary Cordan, who mm-hmm. I think you spoke to, who has done Key and Peel yeah. and Just Add Magic he's doing right now, and Ghosted, which is a show coming out, and all kinds of other great projects. He's fantastic, a powerhouse production designer who does amazing work. 
Um, we have the costume designer who is doing The Walking Dead currently. Her mm-hmm. name is Lane Montalvo. She's fantastic. Oh, doing the thing on Walking Dead. Yeah, I mean, you know, amazing work again. Um, we had a uh, we had a number of different clients on uh, Mad Men as a series, and we have a production designer who went from art directing on Mad Men, he did do some production design on that as well, to doing... Uh, um, Insecure recently yeah. for HBO, and now he's off doing another project called The Roman Offs, which mm-hmm. is going to be an exciting new project by the creator of Mad Men. So that is very cool. And then, um, God, there's so many. Yeah, but I, that's like a, a, the example that I wanted to make there with the, the clients that you have have worked on projects that people be like, oh, yeah, I get that. That makes sense to me. Costume designer on Walking Dead. Awesome. She yes. knows what she's doing. Yes. You know, people are like, production designer for Key and Peel. Got it. That makes sense to me. Yes. Now I can sell you. Now yes. as an agent, I can sell you to to jobs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean like, you know, there are different, sometimes you're not sure. And so then go get some input from some agents and see if they respond, see if they say it may be a hair early or no, this is a great time or yes, yes, let's go. Mm -hmm. You know, like that, their reaction to what you're, to you sort of to sending your materials will tell you a lot about what, what stage you're potentially at. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's, it's good to, if you think that you might be, get some input and see what people are saying. Yeah. And, uh, and if you feel like you're not getting responses, ask someone just for some information on, on, you know, make it, make it succinct, Uh but just say, I have a couple quick questions if you don't mind answering. You know, we had somebody say that to us recently where she said, oh, you know, I, I sent my resume and, um, and then I'm, I check back, but I'm just wondering if you're, you know, if, if I'm not really at the stage where you would represent me yet, what is the, what is the reason? Yes. And we shot a note back just saying not enough recognizable narrative credits for our roster at this time. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean not enough for some other agency. Right. You know, I wasn't saying unequivocally that, but just for us at this time. And it was a good question to ask. Hopefully that helped her to understand why we said not yet, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, But I think, yeah, asking some questions without being like, hey, I have a book that I want you to answer, you know, because then the agent's going to just, their eyes are going to glaze over and be like, I have other work to do. But I think it's it's fair to want to help people Mm -hmm. who are getting into this business and trying to figure out what the best next steps are for themselves. Right. So then that's, that brings me to my next set of questions is somebody who comes to you and they're not quite ready or they're just getting started. What advice do you give someone like that? Um, uh, well, that's a good question. I think that basically the first thing is have a mass excellent as, as, as excellent material as you can to show people. So now sometimes you have the choice in that and sometimes you don't, you Mm -hmm. just have to amass credits. But if you, if you have choices between something that's going to look amazing on your reel or resume versus something that's like, Oh, my buddy was doing this in his backyard. Like, you know, try to get good things on there as much as is humanly possible. Um, and then something that I think really, and that, you know, this advice really applies at any stage in your career. Mm-hmm. So continue to amass good projects. And that isn't to say you can't do fun projects that, you know, whatever, you appeal to you for any number of reasons. But be cognizant of the projects that you're doing in the direction that they're heading your, you mm-hmm. in or shaping your resume into becoming. The other thing is, this is an industry with people, it's a, it's a, it's about relationships. Everybody talks, everybody knows everybody. It's amazing how small of a world it is. So I always say to folks, even if they're just starting out, I mean, if they're already in the business, they know this generally, but keep up with your 
contacts, keep up with people that you have positive experiences with, that like what you do, that are important to you. And, and in a genuine way, not just a, Hey, I'm looking for work way. You got anything? Like it's not, it's about like really forging those bonds so that when those people have things that come up, you're the person they think about. Yes. And if, if not for one job, maybe another job. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that's a little bit of an art in terms of how to stay in touch without being, um, too pesty to people who might, uh, help in the future but I think just you know be genuine be cool do the best job you can and keep up with those folks right it's going to be vital to your career as you grow yes and I I think that's really really important and I personally think like social media and keeping up on your social media is very important like that's why I really like Instagram for creatives because you can always be outputting something so people see you're staying busy and they, you stay in the top of their mind. So that kind of helps foster continuing these relationships. Absolutely. I think that's actually one of the best reasons to use social media is to let folks know about your, your work as an artist, mm-hmm. if you are an artist in, in any capacity. Because it really, it allows folks to get eyes on your stuff that would otherwise not have it. Mm-hmm. And it does it in a, in a fairly quick way where people can go, oh, this is so cool. I'm going to send this to my friend. Yes. Hey, did you see this? And, and suddenly it's... It's going and mm-hmm. you, you know, that's, that's unique to this time frame yes. that you're able to have that kind of platform and really, you know, show things that you could like, oh, how am I going to get this? If people don't watch the show, they're never going to get to, well, that's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really, I think it's, it's, it's definitely a piece of the puzzle in terms of staying up with social media and making sure that, um, that's part of your materials in a mm-hmm. way, you know, if, if you can. Yeah, it becomes like a, a little living resume. Yes. You know, this is where a lot of uh, my work that comes in production now is because people see like, oh, I see that you you do photography or you can shoot videos and you edit and you do these stories. Like they see that yes. I'm out there. I'm like, look, I made stuff. I made things. Take a look. Yes. And they're like, oh, great. Let's hire you for this kind of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's a really great way for folks to write. Not, I mean, resumes are great because they list everything, mm-hmm. but people expect visuals these days and they expect them instantly. And not to say that you have to provide what people expect, but just to say that that's what's going on. You know, people are seeing all kinds of really interesting and unique things visually. And if you have, if you're an artist that you can show, where you can show visual work mm-hmm. or auditory work, like right. in this, in, in music, same thing. You're still, there are now unique ways to disseminate that information really quickly that can help foster exposure to your art yes that will hopefully lead to more work right because you have more ships out there that could be seen yeah you know they're they're, it's out there and it's available and it's accessible because if you keep it to yourself nobody will see it yeah you know and you can like keep throwing darts at random places that might not be wanting to see it but if you put it out in the world people who want to see it will come across it yeah yeah i think you you definitely certainly have a chance of that happening and it's really a good it's a good way to use Mm -hmm. that uh social media in general. Yeah, and if not, you get a lot of practice. Yeah. It just keeps you sharp. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, let's wrap this up with any advice that you have for creatives that want to come to Hollywood that are not out here yet. They're not quite doing it yet, but they're base level. I'm interested in filmmaking or making television production, but I have no idea what to do. Well, I think think the first thing is you need experience. You need, you, you don't, even if you think that you want to do something until you're in the game, actually seeing how it's done. Mm-hmm. Like you may find, you may spend a lot of time years perhaps thinking about, Oh, I would love to do this. And then you see it being done and you're like, gosh, I no, I wouldn't. This is not at all what I thought it was. So the very first thing is get, 
get into the into the fray and see what that thing is mm-hmm. in its executed format. Like, not your idea of what it is, because yeah. we all know Hollywood, as a general... Um, you know, concept, it sounds really fancy and really amazing and really fun. And in a lot of ways it is, Mm -hmm. but in a lot of ways it's extremely hard work. Yes. Uh, On the production end, it's it's an amazing example. People spend... The, the hours, the work hours are really long and can be really arduous and you just don't have time to think of anything else. And, you know, you got to be ready for, for the pitfalls of the job. So I would say the first thing is get into the fret, come and see what it is. Get, mm-hmm. visit a set, try to get, try, if, go, I mean, school is obviously a great way to do it, but even school has its drawbacks in terms of you need to be experiencing it in order to really get a sense of, is this something I could do as a career. Right. So I would say get some of that under your belt and then make a decision. And then find out what you need in order to market yourself as that, as that thing. Yeah. And start to amass those uh, amass those experiences, those credits, those whatever. And recognize also that, of course, we all want it quickly. <laughs> you know? Right. It doesn't generally, sometimes it does. I, I'm always like uh, an optimist. Sometimes things fall together beautifully and it's quick and you're like, oh my God, it's amazing. Here I am doing this thing. Oftentimes, there are a lot of steps to get there, and you have to be okay with, mm-hmm. I'm going to invest the time and the energy and, and all of that stuff to amass the knowledge I need to do this thing and do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think often people want to like skip right to, and when they do that, I think the ultimate or the end result suffers. Mm-hmm. And maybe they get there again, and they just go, this is not, a, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Right. I need to do it about And then you've spent all this time and energy pursuing it. So right. get some experience, even if it's just watching it happen, mm-hmm. and then start to say, okay, what do I need? Do I need an education first? Do I need, I mean, everybody needs an education, but how best to get that? Is it just by, you know, starting at the ground floor of doing it, or do I need to go to school for it? Right. You know? Um, and then go from there. Mm-hmm. And, and I always tell people, like, to not get so tied to the idea of the one thing that they want and, like, be open to exploring other things because you might be somewhere adjacent that's, like, a perfect fit for you. Right, exactly. You know, but you thought, like, for sure I wanted to be this thing. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly true. And you don't know, really, again, until you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's exactly what you thought it was. And you're like, yep, I knew it. I always yes. knew it. I wanted yeah. to be this and this is it. And sometimes you're in it and you're thinking – this is not at all what I thought, like I said before, but, but, but this thing over here is really what I'm good at. Yeah. And representing a lot of different people, they often come to me at the stage where they really know what they want to do, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of folks like making transitions to other things. Like they're going from an assistant to an editor or from a, an art director to a production designer or, you know, whatever they're moving in their field. They're mm-hmm. going from DPing to directing. And those transitions are interesting times and they have to ask themselves once they have that experience, like, is this where I want to go or do I want to stay doing this thing for a while? Right. Or do I want the bulk of my career to be X instead of Y? So, you know, I think the more information that you have to feed those decisions, the better off you will be. Good. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Awesome, awesome yeah. advice, Maureen. Yeah. Thank you so now, thank much. Thank you so for much for having me. me. You're wonderful. It. You guys make sure you check out Maureen Totes Company, EasternTalent.net, if you want to see the roster of their awesome, awesome people <laughs> and you. keep up with what they're up to. You see these people, you see their work everywhere. Yeah. And now you know how they get the work. Well, how we help. Yeah, how you help, help them get the work, how you help facilitate that. It takes yeah. a village. Even like getting the work is 
a collaborative effort. Absolutely, it is. So it's good. Thank you so Thank much for you. joining me. I appreciate it. It's I'm Mary Lou Mandel. You guys can find me all over the internet at Mary Lou Mandel, and you can go to my website, MaryLouMandel.com, if you want tips and tricks for your own digital content creation. And we will see you next time on On the Fly Filmmaking. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.